What's up, fine folks? Welcome back. This is episode 17 of Double Tapped. I am Jay. 17 again. I'm Tanner. Shout out to Zach Efron. Yeah. Shout out to 13 Under 30 with Jennifer Garner. Shout out to Freaky Friday. Oh, I just thought we were rolling with the numbers. Oh, I, w- I thought we were doing body switching movies. Those are all is, body switching movies. Oh, does he switch bodies in 17 again? Yeah, it's him and... Uh, I thought he just got younger. Oh, maybe. Oh, and he, then 13 Under 30, she gets older. Right. Right. But Freaky Friday is a swap. Yeah. But they're all, you're in the body you're not used to. Yeah. Even though it's a, the same character, I think, in 17 again. Right. Isn't old version Matthew Perry? I think you're right. Okay. Well, gaming. <laughs> Tanner, I'm going to be consuming today a Naren Dancit. <laughs> yeah. Jay walked in, and first of all, he was holding his bag it was over, like a hobo his, pack. over his neck like he's carrying a tuxedo jacket. That too. And... I, from my view, when he walked in the door, I thought he was just, like, grasping his neck like he had some sort of wound. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just holding my Narum Gansett. Na- there's an N. Oh. There's no M's. Oh. Naren Gansett. All right. Naren Gansett. <laughs> it's a lot of N's. Okay, gotcha. Three N's, two R's, two T. <laughs> and there's no S. It's just Naren Gansett. But I guess plural would be oh, Naren sure, Gansett. Sure. Yeah, not, I, was, I wasn't throwing it. It's not possessive. Others. I thought it was possessive. <laughs> Shout out to Naren Gansett. So what are you drinking? What is the... Uh... Dell's Shandy. Mm. It's refreshingly different. <laughs> What's the... Uh, I see there's uh, yeah, a paragraph see there's on a the back. Hi, like, neighbor. <laughs> Great-grandfather DeLucia made his first frozen lemonade back in Italy in 1840. During the winter, he carried snow into nearby caves and insulated it with straw. What? When summer arrived, he mixed the snow with fresh local lemon juice and sugar, making a refreshing drink. His grandson, Angelo, introduced this icy treat to Rhode Island in 1948, and today there are over 30 Dells stands across America. Gansett, that's a shortening of Naren Gansett. Right. This is an apostrophe. Okay. Gansett is proud to be present. Oh, no, it's proud to present. Right. This delicious shandy with the perfect balance of Naren Gansett lager and lemon flavor. It's refreshingly different. Okay, so it's some other lemonade stands collabo beer with Naren Gansett. And it's interesting because it's like, anyone out there who drinks beer, you've probably had a Lining Kugel's Summer Shandy at some point. Sure. This is simultaneously beerier and lemonier. Oh, wow. It's just volume cranked up. It's like you took like a scoop of like a frozen lemonade and dropped it into a lager. That's not a bad pitch. It's pretty not good. Not a bad pitch. I like it. Very uh, summery, obviously. I am not partaking. Uh-huh. Because I got uh, a little too drunk last night and uh, was hung over this morning and the thought of alcohol disgusts me currently. I'm fine otherwise. I'm I'm good. It's just I do not want to drink today. Yeah. And we were discussing, you know, various symptoms that can arise. Sure, of hangovers, yeah. And I was referencing the throat flap. Yeah, so tell me what this is. You told me to stop and we'll talk about it right now. So Maybe this is something that is unique to me, but I have woken up before with... The sensation of a sore throat, mm-hmm. but also the sensation that as part of the sore throat, there's like a, it's as if I can feel my windpipe like open and close. It's like, you know, where yeah. you swallow, you're not swallowing into your lungs. Right. So it's sort of like you can feel it and it's like up here. And it's right. like, if I like cough, it's sort of like, like that's one of these. <laughs> Interesting. See, I definitely had a sore throat this morning. But normally, for me, hangover sore throats are from throwing up at some point. Uh, I had not thrown up. Yes, I had not thrown up at that point. I would later. Uh, But at that point, it was just I woke up and my throat really hurt. And I was like, I need water. 
and I started drinking water. And as someone who loves water, it was disgusting. What do you? What are you supposed to? Like, what's the best alternative to water? I guess something like a Gatorade, yeah, a sports drink, yeah, of some, some sort kind. of yeah, electrolytes. Usually, the flavor of that is usually potent enough, sure, and it's still refreshing and hydrating enough. Yeah, but now I am on a mixture of uh, good old fashioned lemon lime Sprite, Sprite, uh, which is maybe the best like soda for if you're not feeling well. Ginger ale. I mean, yeah, any sort of. Any, I love ginger ale though. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> me too, and I also just love Sprite. Uh, but I also have water as well, uh-huh. and and now tastes fine because yeah, I slept. It takes a while. I slept for like seven hours, so. <laughs> Well, I assume you didn't play anything in that seven hours, but what have you been playing otherwise? Nice segue. Uh-huh. Uh, I have been playing mainly one game that we have not talked about before uh, called Spiritfarer. I've heard of this. This game was made sort of like the, I wouldn't say quite game of the year buzz last year, but was definitely in like, you know, maybe not nominated for overall game of the year, but nominated for like one of the like best indie or whatever um, and had that buzz around it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, it's gripped me in a way that I did not expect. So the idea of this game is that you are this this girl character named Stella. Uh, you have a dog or you have a cat named Daffodil. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Uh, and you are sort of taking over from Charon uh, and escorting people through the River Styx. Yeah. Now this is very metaphorical. This is not like Hades uh, Charon, who is like a lot more classical. Uh, but this is more. You have a boat, and you accommodate certain people, certain spirits on this boat. Uh, and basically, it reminds me a lot of Pyre, Supergiant's Pyre, in that you do several quests with these characters, and then at some point, once you've kind of completed their quest line, then you escort them on to the afterlife. Sure. Um, but this is a very, like, whimsical, cute game. Uh, it looks like a Ghibli movie. Like, it has a very anime, but, like... Not like persona anime, like very just uh pretty cute, effervescent uh Nino Kuni. Yeah, a little bit yeah, a little bit more that way for sure. But even I would say even more like Americanized cartoon looking than that. It's mm. it's very, very cute. Uh the soundtrack's great. It's one of those games where like you feed everybody on board so you can grow your own plants and you can cook and uh you build all these things on the ship and then you're going to different islands and Oh, I need iron so I can make this to get to this part of the map. So now I have okay. to go find iron. And it's it's all about... It's one of those games where it's a one more thing game sure. where you do one more thing and then suddenly it's four hours later. Um, do you play on PC? I'm playing... Yes, I'm playing on PC. It's on Game Pass. That's how I'm playing okay, it. so it is available elsewhere. Yes. Uh, it's. I think it's on everything. I know that it's on PlayStation. It's on sale right now on the summer sale if that's still going. Um, it's, it's on Xbox. It's on PC. It's on Switch. Uh, really, really like it a lot, especially, again, we've talked about how I got Game Pass for a dollar. Um, incredible deal there because it's it's awesome. I'm really liking it a lot. Tanner, just, I feel like the our loyal listeners mm-hmm. have gotten an insight into my personality as of late, which is sure. that when I find a thing, I tend to beat that thing into the ground <laughs> until I just never touch it again. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's going to end up happening with Slay the Spire. Mm. Because I can't, at this point, I can't stop until I at least beat the heart with the defect. With all four characters, yeah. Yeah, or well, to get the platinum, you because the Watcher apparently was added later, mm-hmm, yeah, so the platinum like is only you know the core three characters. Sure. So, if I can beat it with the defect, I've looked at the trophies, and some of them are weird, but it's not unreasonable that I could go for the platinum. Yeah. Um, but, it's 
it's so hard <laughs> to mount enough defense with the defect. Mm. I can mount the offense. Like, especially my favorite card in the entire game, I think it's called Electrodynamics. Okay. Which makes the lightning that you channel hit every enemy if right. there are multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can just crank your focus up and make the lightning do more damage and never use an actual attack and just let right. the lightning just let do lightning everything. Yeah. That's like my favorite strategy, but it's hard to then have enough ice in your deck, mm. which is the defensive orb that you right. use with the Frost, defect, yeah. to build up enough defense. And then I have I got there last night to the heart using the uh, old reliable uh, intangible apparition thing Beautiful. that I referenced yeah. that I used with the ironclad. Yeah, but I did not have enough health mm. and just. Those just you only have five of those cards, right? And against the heart that has seven hundred and fifty health, that's not going <laughs> right. to last you. Clock's going to run out. You need more than five turns worth. Yeah. So, I can I continue to chip away. I think the best thing to do is going to be to just get my favorite artifact in the game, which is the one that, or not artifacts, relic. Yeah. That lets you add an orb slot every turn mm-hmm. up to ten. And once you get up to 10, if you just crank your focus way up, then you're almost untouchable. Yeah. But it's really hard to get that far and get enough focus to where you're just constantly, you're basically a, what's the machines that theoretically cannot exist? Uh, perpetual motion machines? Yes. Yeah. You'd be like a perpetual motion heart killer. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's the plan. <laughs> we'll see if we can ever get there. Let's move on to the news. Okay. Of which there was not very much this week, but there's a couple fun little tidbits. Okay. The first of which involves a game that we, I would say, boycotted? Oh. Not for any, you know, political or moral reason, but just because we were tired of the same old, same old, which is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold ah, War. Ah, okay. Sure. And the way I wrote it here was Call of Duty BOCW. When I looked down at first, I thought it was Call of Duty Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Breath um, of the Wild. But Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is getting an Among Us-style double agent mode. Interesting, okay. I read about this earlier, and if I'm being honest, it sounds really fun. Okay. Because it's effectively, you know, there. I think it said there are 10 people in a mm-hmm. map, one double agent. Sure. The double agent's job is either, you know, kill everybody else or... Do a search and destroy style plant bombs that are right. set across the map. Right. And then everyone else are like, you know, the operatives that are trying to suss them out. But there's also, I read one person that's designated as like, let me, I'm going to go find the details of this because it was really intriguing to me. Because there's one person that is not normal, double agent, not double target. I can't find anything. <laughs> Black Ops. And just hearing this briefly, this reminds me of. Oh, and I've got—I've forgotten the name of it now. It's there's a Gmod game that is like this, like a double agent style thing that this is reminding me of as well. Yeah, I think it's like TLTL, but I forget what it's, or maybe that's something else. Yeah. So there's one person called the Investigator who will apparently need to find clues in order to help the other operatives. Right. Okay. And I really love certain gimmicky modes in first-person shooters. Yeah. I always loved like the Michael Myers, you know custom sure. games that were made back in the day. I've, I've always found Infected to be really fun in every game yeah. that does that. And conceptually, Among Us, I think, is really cool. It's just one of those games that never found a gr- crew to run with and right. play it yeah, personally. You need, you need a big bunch. But Call of Duty, it seems you know not unreasonable that you could play it with strangers and have it flow fairly well. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to buy the game. Right, of course. But, you know. 
I hope that maybe this idea persists onto the next iteration of Call of Duty that actually tries something different. Up. Yeah. Well, see, okay, I remember the name. It's called TTT. I think it stands for, like, Trouble in Terrace Town or something. Mm. Uh, but it sounds very similar. But the, well, the I've heard, I remember Terrace Town. This is, like, a very popular YouTube thing. Yeah. A lot of YouTubers do it. Uh, Achievement Hunter, I know, does a lot. But that, that whole thing, the setup with that is only, like, two people have guns. Mm. And every, like, the other people have different roles that they're trying to execute. And, of course, two of them are, like, the betrayers or whatever they're called. Yeah. And so it's a lot of negotiating with, like, the one person with a gun and they're looking at two different people. And they're trying to yell and be like, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. It's great. Uh, it makes for really, like, the, all of these game modes are really good for content, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just people trying to buy their way out of stuff. Uh, it's sort of first-person shooter faking it. I was going to say, you. this is very much your kind of thing, too. I love faking it. Because you love faking it, which is, the, if you don't know, it's the Jackbox game. Uh, I don't remember which pack it's in, but it's you. You're with a group. It's three, actually. Jack yeah. Party Pack three. Okay, you're with a group, and one person is the faker, uh, and you all get a prompt to your device, except for the faker who doesn't see what the prompt is, and then you either have to like point at someone in the group, uh, raise your hand or not, hold up amount of numbers, or make a face, which we never do that one because that one sucks, but. Uh, then, based on everyone's reaction, once the time is up, you then have to have a discussion on who is the faker. Yeah. And sometimes, if you're the faker, sometimes you get a question that you're just so fucked on that you can't talk your way out of. But a lot of the times, if you're good enough, you can either talk your way out of or pass the blame on to someone else or whatever. So it's it's a really fun mode, and we, we normally play it when we have a group together. I love any video game or board game where you're forced to try to lie convincingly. Mm. I find that very fun because I think I'm pretty good at it. Mm. Um, don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but you know, I'm hit or miss. I think uh, I've, I feel like with faking it specifically, I'm either out in the first round or I make it all three. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot of like middle performances. Well, it's hard. I think it's very, if I luck my way into a semi convincing answer, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. can That's talk my way thing. out of any answer that isn't like super far fetched. Sure. Yeah. But obviously there are some answers that are just completely, you can't dig yourself out of this hole. Right. Yeah. And at that point you're just screwed. But anyway, the next story, the dead space remake is reportedly aiming for a late 2022 release, hmm. which is, I think people are interpreting this as a pretty quick turnaround for a yeah. game that we've only just saw the first teaser of. Right. But in an ideal world, isn't this about the timeline we should expect from a game that gets teased? It would be released about a year and a, a year. half later. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I And it's a remake, which True. inherently it would take less time than... I mean, I know this doesn't have a lot to, of, They don't have to design the game from scratch. They right. have to sort of rebuild it You have from to scratch. update it, yeah. Um, which, again, I'm not trying to minimize what the amount of work that goes into it. I'm sure it's a shit ton of work yeah. still. Shout out to Bluepoint. And probably probably even harder in some ways than creating your own game, right? Just making sure it still feels like the original and yeah. satisfying the fans of the original, all that kind of stuff. I'm You're sure just not doing all the like storyboarding and right. yeah. you know creative what the, work. You know what the story beats are. You probably, I mean, obviously they're already working on it, but even when, this, when the meetings happen for, hey, are we going to do this? You probably have in your head, okay, well, this is how it ages badly. This is what we want to modernize. This is how we're going to do it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, I mean, I would I would hope that it does come out quickly. But, yes, I think we should. It, we're in a weird spot with gaming announcements, I think, because 
we, you and I both love announcements for mm-hmm. games. We love trailers. We love the hype, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it sucks when something gets announced and then just doesn't come out for a long yeah. time. <laughs> um, Beyond so, Good and Evil 2. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Might or, never come out. Or, uh, you know, uh, what was the uh, the Eco Savage of the Colossus oh, game? Last, Last Guardian. Last Guardian. Right. So, like, you know, games like that, at some point, I wonder if it's actually good for the studio because you build up so much mystique. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you can make more money by making more games. So you would never want to just have the one game. Um, but yeah, there's this weird culture of like, we have to announce it as soon as possible, but then the game's not going to be out forever. I would rather studios take the, and not even this approach, this is pretty standard, I would think, or I would hope. Mm-hmm. I, I would rather studios take sort of like the Fallout 4 approach, which is something we always point to, right? It's announced, and then six months later, it's out. Um, so hopefully, maybe we're having studios lean that way. I, I don't know. I don't see it happening, but... yeah. I, I agree with your point because I, for one, never would have paid any attention to The Last Guardian if I hadn't heard the name <laughs> Last Guardian in hushed tones right. for years every E3 of, like, is this game dead? Is this game, yeah. you know, in development hell? You know, where is it? Yeah. It's just funny to see it finally pop up, and I didn't know what it was until the name. Oh, I was like, oh, that's The Last oh, Guardian. that's what that that's game what is. That's what that is. Right, yeah. But, like, now if we ever see, like, Agent. Right, that was the one I was going to point to. Yeah. We like Agent would probably be like a Oh yeah, that was a fun Rockstar thing that they did, right? Cuz Bully. Yeah. I I would think of it we probably would think of it in the same way Bully, which I think has more sort of love than I realize cuz I know a lot of people point to that game, but you know, it was just another thing Rockstar did. It's not one of their tent poles. Yeah. But now if Agent were to ever come out, people would lose their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting the sort of economy of Time and lost games and, you know, things that have been in development hell, like Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. So, final story, and this isn't really a story. Okay. But you sort of pointed this out to build up your own excitement. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of the games coming out here in the next little bit. Yeah, it's a good month. Namely, next week, Hades comes to consoles. Yep. The week after that. Your very highly anticipated twelve minutes. Can't wait. So let's talk. Well, first let's talk about that. But then I have a question. Okay. So let's talk about these first. Your level of hype just for Hades, first of all. Okay. So if you're, listen- I'm excited because I've never played it. We're recording this on Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's probably out on a Wednesday or Thursday. It's this Friday when you're listening to this. Uh, I am weirdly more excited for this than a lot of new games this year. Because all I needed from Hades, as you know, I loved that game last year. If it weren't for Last of Us 2, would have been my game of the year. Uh, I adored Hades. And all I needed on PC from Hades was just something to push me a little further to keep playing it. Mm. I beat it, you know, eight, nine times, however many times I beat it. It's one of those games where you beat it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to move on to something else. But I just wanted a little bit of more motivation. And what could that thing be? Trophies. Yeah. That's all I needed to go toward a platinum. And it's been long enough now that I've had the itch to play it. And I'm just like, no, just hold off to the console. Yeah. Hold off to the console. There are very few games that I get excited about buying twice at full price. This is one of them. Sure. I am so freaking pumped about it. Uh, and I think Hades, like, I think it's only going to be, what, like 25, 30 bucks? I, I think can't 30. I don't know for sure. I, I can't remember if it's 25 or 29, but... This game is worth full price for me. Like, I had more fun in it than I've had in a lot of AAA games, so I'm fine to pay 60 bucks overall for an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, 12 Minutes, uh, which is a top-down, uh, I guess, puzzle kind of style game, 
where it's a Groundhog Day thing. You're trying to uh, not have your wife be killed, I think. I think it seems to be what they're leaning I think leaning that's the prime towards. directive, um, but it's like a narrative game set in this time loop uh, with voice acting from Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe and one other person. James McAvoy. James McAvoy, thank you. Uh, Anna Pern is producing it. That's why they have the voice acting, but I'm 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 pumped for this. It's it's a game that got previewed, and I think I've said this on a podcast before, so it got previewed on Kind of Funny like four or five years ago now. Uh, it, it started out being developed by one dude. I think there's a team around it now because uh, Xbox put some money into it to make it exclusive. One of the reasons I ended up getting Game Pass was because I knew this game was going to be on it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so hyped for this game. You think this game, and now we're getting really granular with oh, genres. That's fine. that's fine. Could it be considered a rogue game? Uh, we don't know what it is exactly yet. Sure. But in theory, you know, it's... Yeah, I see where you're coming from. You know? Like, the, the... It's just interesting to me how at least the very... You know, general shell of a rogue game has just exploded in the last couple of years. Oh yeah, this being just the latest iteration of that kind of sure. you know cyclical, do this over and over again until you figure out the right way to do it kind of game. Right. So uh, the only thing I can point to is Sexy Brutal. Do you know what this game is? I remember. I know the name. So I platinum this game. Uh, it's it is also a murder mystery uh, time loop based game, but you're in this mansion. And a bunch of people throughout the you know week that you're there, every day somebody dies, I think. And your whole thing is you go through the day and can reset the day whenever you want to stop them from dying. Yeah. Um, but they weirdly, I know conceptually that sounds a lot like 12 Minutes. I think they're going to play pretty differently because that game is straight up a puzzle game. Sure. Where it's, it's, you know, it's like those uh, Tales of Monkey Island and like those kind of early adventure games where... Uh, you know, you have to get this uh, light bulb to screw in this light so that turns on so when this guy comes by, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, I don't know that this, at, that 12 minutes is going to be that straight up puzzly. It yeah. seems a lot more about story. Yeah, it gives me like sort of short run, you know, choice based Detroit become human kind of vibe. Like, you're, mm. or not even just that game specifically, but that studio. Yeah. Um, you're just making the right dialogue choices and maybe doing a couple of small gameplay things picking up things yeah. and putting them in certain places that affect the outcomes. And I'm curious, do you think runs are actually going to be about 12 minutes long? Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe I that's assume why. that might be the shtick. Or maybe in the game it's 12 minutes, but in real time it might be half yeah. an hour or whatever. And I'm sure they'll incorporate that in there somehow. Maybe sure. a run is actually longer than that, but then at a certain point, like... Once you get it down... You have 12 minutes to then do something to like prevent yeah. the death, whatever. Or the, or the perfect run is 12 minutes. Like That's what you're shooting for. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like how weirdly vague this game has been because every trailer we've seen has been basically the same thing. Yeah. Like, we haven't... Uh, the art style's updated a couple of times and obviously the last trailer that they showed at whatever Xbox thing it was was more about the voice actors than the game itself. Um, but yeah, it's been getting love at, like, game festivals and film festivals a lot. I I think... I think it's going to be at least good. I'm, I'm very yeah. excited for it. So, my follow-up question to us talking about these hype releases of these... Not triple A games. Yes. What is the next triple A game that you, at this point, think you're like locked into buying? It's a good question because for a while it was Deathloop. Right. It's not anymore. Yeah. I, after the, la- the debacle, which we spoke about a couple weeks ago. Yes. Catch that on our whichever podcast it was that was talking about the uh, the PlayStation show. But yeah, I I guess Horizon. That's kind of what I was one? thinking too. Assuming Horizon 
now is firmly early next year. Yeah. That's probably the next one that I'm like 100% doesn't matter. I'm going to get it. Right. Um, because, yeah, Deathloop hasn't really done anything for me. And I was just kind of scrolling through because you've got your usual like 2K and Madden suspects. Sure. For the rest of this year. I might get 2K. You've got Cannon Bridge of Spirits, which is not really a AAA game, I wouldn't call it. No. Uh, and even then, I'm not 100% sold on it. I need no, to see I mean, more. Yeah, me too. I mean, if it gets, again, a lot of these games, I think you and I are in the same boat where it's like, if reviews are amazing, I will be much more intrigued than I am right now. Far Cry 6, I'm willing to pass on until it gets cheap or not, or just pass up yeah, entirely. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on Far Cry. Back for Blood, I'm not playing unless everybody else decides to play it. So, uh, I, I've seen a few friends streaming it. And it just, it looks, I mean, I knew it was Left for Dead, but the closed beta is right now. And if you watch on an hour on Twitch or whatever, you get a key. Um, the closed beta is right now, and it looks so much like Left for Dead, yeah. it's incredible. Like, if you're itching for Left for Dead, I think that's going to scratch an itch, but I'm not really. No, I'm To be not. honest, I, I enjoyed I never, that game. I never did play those games. I enjoyed both of them as like an early, either early, I, I played, I think Left for Dead 1 on 360 and 2 on PC. Uh, and they were fun, like, you know, sit in a voice chat kind of games. But like you said, I would need a group to really want to play that game. Yeah. Battlefield 2042. It's, nah. Nah. Like, we don't know what Call of Duty's plans are this year still. Oh, wow. Whether they do, it's kind of late. Which makes me think they're not. Are they going to skip a year? I mean, this is the only year that they sort of got the infrastructure built that they feasibly could. Right. Just let with Warzone, Warzone do its thing. Yeah. Um, which might be a better pattern going forward to have like their ongoing platform and then go like every other year mm-hmm. and give those studios a break yeah that's fine that's um, fine by me the one that did jump out that I forgot about because it was only just recently brought back into my headspace is Guardians of the Galaxy oh is that this year due for October oh wow I didn't know it was that soon October which 26 we did see a lot of gameplay which I, I'm not going to say I'm 100% in sure because it does have the what I'm going to call the jank factor. <laughs> yeah, it does have a little bit of It has a little jank. Sure. Like, it's it, not it, the yeah. smoothest, It's not you know, polished. Yeah. It's, you know, it could be really fun. If it reviews north of eight on average by most outlets, I'll yeah. probably pick it up around launch. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's anything else here. Because, obviously, so much stuff has gotten pushed. Yeah, understandably so, right? Like, COVID screwed up a lot of releases, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, Horizon and God of War were supposed to be this year. Neither of them are this year anymore. Uh, oh, I forgot. I forgot one that's still this year, technically. Okay. Dying Light 2. Oh, is it is really? December. Oh, wow. I'm 100% in on Dying Light 2. I need to that's play more the of the first one. That is the one. Because if it wasn't that, I forgot Elden Ring is January. Right. Okay. Well, that would be the first Hopefully. one. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. But my initial take was like, what is left for this year? Yeah. At this point, Dying Light for me is the one shining take beacon mark. that I'm going to be looking towards for late this year. Yeah. I would say the other ones that pop out to me in my head are, is Halo this year? Duh. Or is that, did that get delayed? I know it was originally supposed to be this year, but I can't remember now. Golly, that's a good question. Um, that, that game might never have a release date. Or wait, no, Halo stone. was supposed to be last year. And got it delayed. was supposed to be last year. Because it was supposed to be a launch game. Uh, so that that's one I'll keep my Except eye on. For, oh, but it still doesn't have a firm release date, but it's Q4 of this, this year. year. Okay. This so it could be, it right could be like January Lord. too. Uh, yeah, okay, interesting. So maybe that. Uh, Psychonauts 2, I don't know if that counts as a AAA. I wouldn't call it. I don't know that I'm even going to play it. I enjoyed, uh, like, I played uh, one YouTube video's worth of Psychonauts 1, uh, so about an hour of it. It was really fun, but I apparently played a bad port. I played the PS4 version, uh, because they did some sort of, like, very low-level porting. It wasn't, like, remastered or anything. 
but I played on PS5, and there were some like textures that didn't load and like some really weird janky yeah. stuff. So I don't know if I'll get back to it in time to play Psychonauts 2, or even if I need to. But I I will say that like level design and idea and sort of world seems kind of cool. So yeah, honestly, I maybe know that. So it's weird how much I've heard the word Psychonauts, and yet I really cannot tell you a single thing about those video mm. games, other than the style, because I've seen the trailers. Sure. But, like, is it a third-person platformer, kind of? Yes. Yeah, okay. puzzle, puzzle platformer. That'd be my guess. Uh, there's a bit of, like, open-world exploration to it. And it gives like, me, like, sly Jack and Daxter kind yeah, of vibes. You're, you're in the right ballpark, for sure. Uh, I think the thing that sets it apart from those games is that it has a more fleshed-out like world building thing uh so you're at least in the first one you go to this camp uh which is for like it's almost like an x-men camp but for kids like camps for like outcasts sort kids of. with uh, you know special abilities or whatever sure. um and then the whole the whole gameplay of it is that you learn how to get into someone's head and you all the levels are inside people's minds so like the first one you do is this like uh he's like a teacher at the camp but he is former military mm. so you go in and there's like tanks and air bombers and it's like basically you're kind of playing kind through of cool. their dreams and nightmare scenarios kind of uh and it's also very tongue-in-cheek as all double fine is like it's very funny uh so that's all that writing in that world is really what i think i would buy into if i were to play it especially since it's going to be on game pass i might give it a go yeah um because i'll still have it at that point but we'll Seems see like everything's on game pass at this point Dude, game pass is so good like i i so wish sony would match it because it's incredible yeah well we talked about what's you know left for this year yes so let's pivot to what's going to be our big topic for today okay we're going to have our initial game of the year discussion for our game of the year so far. Okay. Because we've got, you know, we've said we've got these games coming up. You don't know where 12 Minutes is going to come in, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure, but we've sure. we've been in sort of a little bit of a dearth recently. Yeah. So this seems like a good time before, you know, what, you know, scraps are going to be in this fall. Because it's not going to be the most packed fall ever. <laughs> right, yeah. But before the rest of the games really hit the market, we need to talk about what the best game of the year so far has been okay so i'm gonna pull up what's come out okay i think it's a good idea because i i mentioned to you when you when you told me this briefly before we started i have a hard time remembering what year stuff comes out yeah at this point uh especially not as much with triple a's but with as many delays as there have been and also like indies with stuff being like an early access and and all that stuff yeah because i have i'm gonna let you pull that up but i will say that i have two in mind okay for me personally one that I think is kind of the obvious one. Hitman 3? No. Oh. Returnal. Oh, yeah. Returnal, of course. Hitman 3 was the other one. Okay. So, which one do you want to talk about first? I guess I'll talk about Returnal first. Just because I think, unless you pull something out that I've just kind of forgotten about, mm -hmm. Returnal at this moment is probably my game of the year so far. Yeah. Um, and I would kind of be surprised, based on the stuff that we just read off, if anything beats it by the end of the year. Um, I think the gameplay is immaculate. I think yeah. the story was intriguing, if not entirely satisfying, but only because it just it left you wanting more answers. Sure. But that's not something that I would ever penalize anything too much for because no. it leaves some intrigue. Yeah. Um I loved Returnal. Like it's one of the best and it's my favorite of that genre that I've ever played. It's my favorite rogue game. Yes. For sure. 
I would I would agree with you. I think so far, not to make the conversation incredibly short, I think my game of the year is also Returnal uh-huh. so far. Uh, I need to look. We'll, we'll see yeah. what indie. And I want to see some out. other some people. What consensus might be because Returnal was a little bit divisive. Just sure, a little. Sure. Uh, like you said, I mean the gameplay is immaculate, up there with one of the best just shooters I've ever played. You know, I thought of it actually. Uh, I can't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago, when at some point we were talking about how it was last week because we were doing the hot takes thing, and you know some people really dog like Uncharted shooter gameplay, whatever. Yeah. And I said to you, I was like, when's the last time you played a really good single-player shooter? I didn't think of Returnal because it's so different formulaically, sure. but the gameplay there is amazing. Um, yeah, the world is really cool. I got, I get really excited for uh, environmental storytelling. This is something you and I both love. Uh, something I loved about The Last of Us and like Bioshock, all the Bioshock games, all the little audio logs you can find, the little text things you can find, all that stuff really excites me. And this game was full of that. Um, the gameplay shines most, but I think also just that world is the best character in the game. Yeah. Uh, and I really like the story. I like the question marks it leaves. I like that it's it's like watching a movie where you're not sure what the ending is, and then you can go talk about what the ending meant. Uh, I like that sort of interpretive style of storytelling, and I wish more games would do it, really. Like, a lot of games are too, this is it. Like, this is the ending, and now we're going to explain everything. I liked how this took more of a film approach and was just like, Whatever you think it is, that's what it is. Here's some interesting things. I love a few little aspects. I love that it invoked souls in yeah. the boss fight formulas that sure, it, you know, yeah. brought out. Incredibly hard. I love that it evoked horror in the house sequences. Mm. You know, you go into the first person, you, you know, at some points you're playing as a child. Yeah, P- um, very PT style. And it had some legitimate, like, pretty freaking creepy moments yeah, in that house. Yeah, it was house. scary. I love games that don't throw horror in your face constantly, but pepper it in Mm -hmm. to build the suspense. I think that is a much more effective way to do it. I agree. Um, Yeah, Returnal is very hard to beat in my head. However, I'm looking here at some games that, um, among not us, there are definitely some games that have had more cultural cachet this year. Okay. One of the first ones that I saw, did you ever touch RE8? No. Not at all? No. Okay. Because Lady Dimitrescu has just been all over the internet ever since that game came out. Yeah, she is she's very popular. And I'm sure some horror aficionados out there might put that near the top of their list. Yeah, I've heard, I've seen quite a bit of it, not like spoilers levels, but I've seen a bit of it streamed. Uh, I know my buddy Straub, he loves that series a lot. And I think for him, that's probably his game of the year. Um, it seems, by all accounts, really good. Uh, yeah. Which I was... Not surprised by, but I'm impressed by how quickly they can turn those out and them sure. still be, like, loved. I, I will say, like, as far as cultural impact goes, you're absolutely right. Like, Lady Dimitrescu is one of the most impactful characters on gaming culture in the last however many years. Like, she is everywhere and has stayed everywhere. And even, like, her... I don't know if they're her daughters or I whatever. Think all, I think like, they're her daughters. Like, but I don't yeah, know. the other younger women in the game, too. Like, I've seen friends Vampire of mine. Vampire ladies. Yeah, friends of mine have cosplayed them, and, like, it, it has that cachet. Yeah. Uh, the world is really cool. I The thing that's out on is just I've never played Resident Evil. I don't have an attachment to that series, but it seems co- good from all accounts. It's just yeah. not something that I'm The only critique that I ever remember seeing was that it was short. Mm. Like, you could beat it in, like, 10 hours. Sure. Um, but, I mean, for a horror game, I don't know if I want more than yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because people complained that, like, Alien Isolation back in the day took, like, 16 hours to beat. Yeah. And people were like, 
it's kind of repetitive because you're just hiding from the alien for 16 hours. Right, yeah. Um, People love that game now, though. Let's circle back to Hitman. Okay. Because I think Hitman, I think, among people who played it, might be one of the most universally beloved. Like, mm. I don't think anyone who played Hitman 3 hated it. No, I you know? don't. Yeah. Like, how could you play it and hate it? It's so charming Yeah, for a game about assassinating people <laughs> in progressively either more gruesome or more comical ways. Yeah. Um, Agent 47... This is going to be a weird take. Okay. Agent 47 is so bland that he circles back around and becomes funny in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, the point of him is that he is the blankest slate possible. Right. And because that's the point, it's good. Right. The voice acting is just, like, so, like, basic. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't, like, inflect... <laughs> <laughs> there aren't. It's, I wish there were other more interesting characters in the game. Like none of the characters in the game are particularly interesting. Right. The story is not particularly interesting. But in a weird way, Forty Seven himself is so vanilla that he becomes the m- most funny, interesting character in the game. Yeah. Um, and I think the level design in Hitman Three is just off the charts. Oh, it's. You start in the Dubai level. You go through the murder mystery. You go through the Berlin nightclub. Like all of those levels have a unique shtick that yeah. it just makes them so much more fun. Like, Hitman 2 and Hitman 1, which I've played, a lot of the levels are just kill the targets. Right. And they're interesting looking, but they don't all, they don't all have, like, a meta game mm-hmm. the way this one did. Yeah. That made it really different and special. Yeah, this game, uh, the more you talk about it, the more I realize how much I liked it. Because um, I've also played not as much of 1 and 2 as you have now at this point, but... I'd always I played them, um, and this game seems to uh, shout out to IO because mm-hmm. they they just get what Hitman is so well. Yeah. I think in the past people have and maybe not like people who've made the game, but I think I think a very easy mistake you can make with Hitman is leaning away from the silliness. Like even the story, quote unquote, story of Hitman in the past has been a little bit too serious. Sure. And it's like, oh, you're this agent. Like, you need to, you know. And even maybe Hitman 1 is a little bit like that. But in this game, there's literally a Knives Out level, and it's fucking awesome. It's one of the coolest levels I've ever played in the game. And then there's the level where you are just hunting assassins, yeah, and you Berlin. don't you don't know who any of them are. So you just have to figure out with context clues who they are. It's incredible. Like, the amount of creativity they still have with those levels is so impressive. And also, the game looks phenomenal. It looks really good. One like, of- the style doesn't, like push the limits of anything but no. the fact that they can encompass you know these levels and add so much detail that's probably what differentiates it yeah. they're not having to build a giant interconnected world right. so they can pour in a ton of detail into like the mansion where the knives out level is right. you know you're going through this ornate library and then you can just pick up a pool ball and just throw it at somebody's yeah. head yeah. you know and everything looks like it's meant to be there in yes. a weird way yes 100% like there's even th- they they can put something in every nook and cranny. One yeah. of my favorite ones in the Knives Out level. Have you seen Knives Out the movie? No, I have not. Okay, this is the minorest of spoilers. Sure. Um, in one scene, a character gets frustrated in the movie and picks up a baseball that's on like a desk and like chucks it really really hard, but you don't see that she's chucking it at the window, and so you expect a window to break, and then it just cuts to an open window. So oh, she just yeah. like, and it just it, go, it just goes out an open window. In the Hitman level, there is just a baseball at the foot of a window, mm. and that's it. They they don't that's that's all it says. It's just like a little Easter egg if you remember that from the movie. Um, 
but yeah, there's there's a lot of even the character interactions are really cool in Hitman Three. Like they're weirdly funny. Yeah. Sometimes you can eavesdrop conversations that are hilarious. Um, I think it was in Hitman Two. There's the one that everybody points out of like the security guard going to take a pee. And he's on the phone with his wife, like, talking about his prostate problems or something. And if you just sit on that ledge, you can just hear this entire conversation. And, like, they have no reason. That guy could just be a guard standing there. But instead, they give him so much character with his little phone call. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm very excited for their their James Bond game because I... I think it's a great pairing, and I'm, I'm pumped. I will say, though, I I agree with you 100%. I'm super excited for that. But I hope they come back to Hitman. Yeah, I think, I want I think more they will. Because what I was just thinking as you were saying that is the natural you know, style of assassination, if you were a professional Hitman, let's put ourselves in the foot, in the shoes of a professional Hitman. Sure. You don't want to be carrying in a bunch of your own weaponry. Right. You want to be able to walk in completely undetected, pick up whatever, use that thing that was already there to completely, you know, deflect blame from coming back to you. Right, yeah. And the fact that in this game, you can just go and walk into a room and like, oh, there's a letter opener on a desk. I'm going to pick that up and use it as a knife and throw it at somebody. I'm like, that's the way that a real assassin would do it. Right, yeah. And the fact that they're just incorporating all of these little potential some of things that are not even weapons and turning them into weapons yeah. is what I want. And I hope they only get more, not necessarily creative, even though that would be fun, but just I want everything possible to be an option at my disposal yeah. in those kind of games. So I hope that that's sort of the boundaries that they push going forward in that series. I will say this: th- that game, too, is perfect for content creation. Yeah. Like just watching, you know, there are people who will just you know go like i'm just gonna kill everybody in the level with a briefcase and they just like throw briefcases at every person uh there was one that i watched around the time that i was playing through it there's the uh, underrated level the winery level which is really cool and there's a lot of way cool ways to kill people one of which is a uh like a grape crusher basically it's just like a a piston that has a big platform on it and you can put someone in there and then obviously they get crushed and it looks grotesque someone i saw knocked out every person on the level and put them in the crusher and it like basically just crashed the game but the game did a good job of like holding up for a long time so it was just like like you could just hear every crush happen it was hilarious like those games have so much charming humor on top of everything else when they could just be like serious spy games so I that's one thing that makes me optimistic about the James Bond stuff I didn't realize I was wearing a James Bond shirt um (laughs) But, like, James Bond always has that, like, tongue-in-cheek. The best James Bond films have the best tongue-in-cheek, like, it's not that serious, even though it's a very dire situation kind yeah. of thing. And I I love that they keep that tone. There is one game that I have not played. Okay. But I think that critically would probably be the game of the year so far. Okay. And that's Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yes. So, I've I've not played it either. And I, you know how much I like the first Ratchet uh-huh. and Clank. Uh, as I was just looking through more games. Um, I will probably play it before the end of the year, maybe. I'm just waiting on a sale. Yeah. I don't know that I want to spend 70 bucks on Ratchet & Clank. <laughs> That's really all it is. Everything I've seen about it's been good. The The consensus that I've seen is that it is about as polished as a game could possibly be. Right. But that it does, you know, just kind of... It is kind of more Ratchet & Clank. Sure, yeah. It tries to do, you know, it does unique stuff with the world jumping and with in- introducing a, what's the 
female Lombax. Uh, I forget her. Rivet. Rivet, yeah. Uh, it sort of does some interesting things with her character and other characters that are brand new. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not this groundbreaking story. It's more fun, Ratchet and Clank. Right. But apparently, technically, it's like about as marvelous looking and running of a game that has ever been made. Which, I buy that. I mean, yeah. Insom is really good. They're, they're goats over there. I just saw a picture of a goat, weirdly. Well, that is weird. Uh, okay, so I have a couple other games that I want to at least bring to the table. Let not that, rip, I, not that I think they're games of the year. Uh, Knockout City. Oh, yeah. Not a game that I would really say is a game of the year type game. It's kind of like Fall, uh, Fall Guys was last right, year. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, that game came out this year. That was really fun. Uh, again, I never played past the beta, but I played about a week of the beta, and it was so fun. Like, I was so impressed... I've tried a lot of battle royales <laughs> that haven't stuck. What was the name of the? Uh, oh God, do you remember the Ubisoft one that came out not that long ago? What was the gameplay? It was like, oh, was it something light or no? Oh God, it was. They showed it off at some Hunter's Arena Legends. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Uh, no, which I've... is on PlayStation Plus. Is this, it really? This month. So I'm actually might play it. <laughs> Oddly Wait, enough. What was the gameplay of that game? Do we remember? Hunter's Arena Legends? Yeah. It was like a Souls Battle Royale. Oh, right. It was like the third person hand. action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like kind of like For honor Ubisoft Battle Royale. Yeah, I'm at a loss for what game you're talking about. Hyperspace. So, okay, this it, there was, was a, a lot of like rooftops. Yes, but it was a shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah it was about, I, I remember this game. I was just gonna say I've tried a lot of bland battle royales. Sure, uh, That's I, a, that sounds like a bland battle. Yeah, so yeah. like Knockout City had a lot of charm to it, um, and obviously the dodgeball thing is very unique. And I, I was just surprised at how well it worked. Yeah, um, and that's I think it deserves a shout. It was pretty fun. There's another game that I, I that I passed up here. Oh, Valheim. Mm. So I got very into Valheim for like two weeks and then never played it again. Uh, it's 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 a game where you are a Viking. You are it's kind of like a Minecraft type game where uh, yeah, you know, it reminded me of like the forest and like those yeah, kind of yeah. Games. You're building your base. You can start building a boat. Then they, then you can go explore more of the map and then you can get rarer stuff. Let you fight bigger monsters. Eventually, I think the goal of it is to like fight the five bosses of this area and then you win or whatever but I never got that far I just like the house building it was really fun to just build your house in that game there were a lot of cool physics uh, but that was that was really it's been a weird year yeah it has I just, been I, obviously for obvious reasons sure sure know. sure of course although people are loving this game called Genesis Noir which is it looks like a cool art style I've not played it I might give it a go because I think it is on Game Pass like everything else you could uh Oh, gosh, I'm blanking. You could have called Disco Elysium Genesis Noir, <laughs> and I would have believed you that yeah. that was the title. That's a, that's another game that's getting a lot of love. Uh, Death's Door. Yeah, and I'm not including, like, games that were like... like I'm not including, like, the Mass Effects Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a know? lot of it's like, oh, this got ported to yeah. PS5. Uh, like, Hades might end up being my game of the year this year. You never know. Sure, yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, if, if Spirit Fair were this year, it might be my game of the year. I really like it a lot. Yeah. But I know Death Store is a game that just came out recently that people are really liking. It's like a, it's more like a Bastion type, like top down combat style game that yeah. seems pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I might need to, I might come back with like an amended list if I can look through stuff and see if there's anything I forgot. But really, in my head, it's only been Returnal and Hitman Three have sure. been like the two tent poles of this year for me. Yeah, because we you know discussed Returnal at length and you know gave our ad- adulations for it. I love Returnal. It's actually like 
the one legitimately fantastic game that I would say that I've played this year. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I said nothing would top it. I do think Dying Light has a chance. Mm. Um, because I have an immense amount of love for the first one. Yeah. I can just only hope that after the long, arduous development cycle that this one has gone through, yeah. that it comes out. Just being... This is one of those cases where I just want more of a game. I just right. want more of Dying Light. Sure, so just yeah. give me that and I'll be satisfied. I'm really curious to see your take on Hades. I was talking about me this too. on stream, actually, because I was like, I wonder what Jay's going to think, because obviously I've sung the praises of that game a lot. So many people have sung the praise of the game. Like When I played it, obviously I love Supergiant already, uh, but I didn't get it right at launch because I was waiting for the console thing. Yeah. Didn't realize it was going to be a year, but at some point I was like, all right, fuck it, I have to play this. Yeah. Uh, so I bought it on PC at that time. And at, by the time I played it, it had like, yo, this game is good vibes and I was like alright sweet which I knew it would be super giant dope but now there's an added level of oh it won IGN's game of the year oh everyone talked about that game like everyone who plays it seems to love it yeah now I think we do have a bit of a plus going for you in that you've experienced rogue games now because had you come into this because I would say not that Returnal was your first rogue game but it was probably the first one you got like super duper into, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Hades had been your first, I wonder if it would still click the way it, it did or the way that I hope it will. Here's what I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. I would probably never have touched this game if it had not gotten the accolades that sure. it has so That's far. totally fair. That's absolutely because fair. Because on the face of it, it's not the kind of game that I would have ever just been excited for naturally. Totally. However, a few things going in its favor. Super Giants pedigree. Yep. Even though I'm not... I've never not that I haven't liked their games I just haven't played their games yeah. the Greek mythology of it which has yeah. always been I love history I love mythology I just think that kind of stuff's cool yeah that was an exciting thing for me too and then obviously the fact that it's been just heaped with praise sure um, but I think that this is not going to be I'm, here's the example I'm going to use this is I don't think going to be a Black Panther situation <laughs> okay we went into Black, or you love uh, I, Black Panther is a very good movie, right? We have different opinions on it, but I think Black Panther was overhyped. Okay, I don't know if this game is going to be overhyped or not, but because it's not the kind of game that I'm going into it expecting to love, right? I'm only going to play it because I know other people really like it. Yeah, I'm not going into it with like sky high expectations. Sure, I've tempered my expectations based on the genre of the game that it is. Right, that makes sense. So I think I can only be either, you know. I could either go in and think, okay, this is this is what it is. Right. It's good, but it's not my thing. Yeah. Or I'll end up loving it. You never know. Yeah. That's pretty much the spectrum of outcomes, I think. Yeah. I will say, uh, as someone who got into Supergiant really with Transistor and then went back and played Bastion at the time, Supergiant is the one studio where it's like, you make games I don't think I would like. Yeah. And then I play them and they're awesome. Mm. So, like, I, you know, Transistor on paper, it's like, oh, it's a top-down uh, sort of slow-time combat game. Yeah. I end up loving it. And I was like, it's so good. Bastion's the same way. Like, I normally, I don't know, I give them such a leeway now because I know that they make good stuff, even if it's not normally my kind of thing. Yeah, and then I've been sitting here playing Slay the Spire for, like, five weeks straight. <laughs> a game that I never thought in a million years so I would have loved, but I really do. Yeah, sometimes you At just... At this point, honestly... I'm not going to say it because it didn't come out this year, but it would be there with Returnal just for game of the year based on how much I've played it. Yeah, totally. So, but we are still got, it's the beginning of August. So we'll yeah. call it, oh 
count. Wait, how many? Four months? Five, because it's the beginning. Right, okay, so we're counting, yeah, the rest of August. So, we've got about five months worth of games (laughs) left to see if anyone could potentially usurp. At this point, we're just going to go ahead and say Returnal Returnal, as our game of the year so far. But, (laughs) Tanner. Yeah. In the meantime. Yeah. During this dry spell... (laughs) I feel like you're going to say Spirit Fair is your recommendation. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, for all the things I said, I I sometimes I try to recommend stuff that I don't talk about this top at the top, but Spirit Fair has been such a pleasant thing for me. That's not something I talked about at the beginning. It's like it's it's just been so nice. <laughs> like even streaming it, the community is really sweet. Everybody in this like attached. To, it's one of those games where yeah, yeah. Hades was actually this way on Twitch as well, which was surprising. It's like everybody who's into this. Are just, they just seem like nice people because it's such a gentle, like caring game. And honestly, like I, I'm I'm a very like emotional forward person. But like this game made me tear up within six hours of playing it or so. And like I was genuinely surprised by it because I was like, oh, it's just you know I'm gonna take care of my crops, build some buildings, yeah. run around a ship, and then it tugs at your heartstrings in really surprising and subtle ways. Uh, obviously, it's a game that in a way is dealing about death and you know, all these, these sure. characters' lives and stuff. But most parts, it's like, oh, thanks, you made me pork chops. But then randomly, it's just like, oh, I really like pork chops because my daughter liked them. I miss her. And it's like shit like that that just out of nowhere will yeah. be like, oh, God. And so I, I love the the tone of this. Uh, the, the art style's amazing, but the writing's great. Uh, and it's just one of those games that as you sort of unravel, as you peel back the layers, it becomes more and more special, I think. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to recommend. Okay. Another game that's coming out here in the next few weeks, because it's a re-release. Okay. A director's cut. All right. I'm going to recommend Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Namely, I'm going to recommend, if you have not played Ghost of Tsushima, when this director's cut comes out, buy this director's yeah, cut. Yeah, I think it would be the best way to experience the game for the Absolutely, first time. Absolutely, because it's going to come with more content, some additional features, and just to speak on the merits of the game as it originally came out game is just wonderful yeah really you know spot on sharp gameplay cool history because this is based on real historical events in the mongol invasion of japan um the only critique we could give is that you know Jin is not like the most exciting character ever yeah so go in with just the expectation that you're going to sort of just use him as a proxy to enter this world sure and i think you would have nothing but tons of fun yeah uh, riding around this island that's also just really beautiful yes especially if you you played on ps5 there's a frame rate boost and samurai combat in 60 frames is just about as ooh. i'm gonna say what i like best photo mode in any game ever it's so good like there's so many moments where you're just like man i want to picture this yeah and then you can just like i probably spent i would say i spent at least a handful of hours total of what i played in that game in photo mode especially when you get into like there's so many cool opportunities when you're fighting somebody to just freeze it, yeah. and then like all of a sudden you're slashing through a guy's abdomen or something. It's it's really cool. And uh, just riding through fields of like really vibrant flowers. Yes, yeah. Ugh. There's a beautiful sort of juxtaposition of that game where you have these very violent acts as the samurai, but it's amidst this beautiful nature. Very. And then randomly you'll just like go pet a fox, and it's like <sighs> it's uh, it does that really well. It has a very nice balance to it. Uh, yeah, especially. I don't know that I'm going to pick up Director's Cut just because I don't know if I want to spend another however much on it. Yeah. But if you've not played the game, totally pick it up. Yeah, for sure. Well, that'll about do it for episode 17. We did it. 
So maybe next week we'll be coming back. I imagine here in the next few weeks, you'll be hearing my thoughts on return or on Hades for the first time. You've mm. heard more than enough of my thoughts on Returnal because <laughs> I had plenty. Yeah, but yeah, I'm very curious as to what I'm going to be thinking about that game. So, and we'll probably hear at least your thoughts. Yes. On 12 minutes. Yes. So for each of those, get excited. But until then, 